With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of RB1 Colon and sick of Mike McCarthy podcast. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Jess Clark Barnes and I've given up on living Jordan Smith. No Nick tonight. Uh, guys, how are we doing? Doing great, Pete. The podcast listeners can't see, but I am purposely wearing black tonight. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jordan is perpetually in a pit of despair for the rest, the rest of the season. I'm deciding to look on the positives. I have some fantasy teams that are doing really well, so I shouldn't I should look at that instead. Plus, uh, this can be one of those seasons, like one of those throwaway seasons where your team does really poorly, but then lands a really good draft pick. And, you know, maybe they're able to make a difference. Maybe they're able to use that. And instead of drafting a college player, maybe they draft a college coach. I mean, I'm doing a lot of Lincoln Riley research over the past couple of days. So who knows? Who knows? I, I haven't done any research, so I don't know who Lincoln Riley is. All I know is Joey Bosch's brother is evidently pretty good. He's the only only college player I currently know or care about or have any knowledge of. Yeah, I'd, he's been injured like his brother, so. <laughs> Damn it. Well, that's never a good start. Um, cool. Anything, anything fun or crazy or great little anecdotes to start the show? Not this time, Pete. Damn it, Clark. Damn it. Yeah. Well, then we'll just uh, let's just uh, swing right into things before we get into our starts and sits. Shall we do a little lock recap? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Let's start with Nick since he's not here to defend himself. Uh, (laughs) Nick's lock last week was Marshawn Lynch was going to be a top 12 running back. Nope. He was nowhere near the top 12, finishing outside of the top 30. Uh, So Nicholas is 0-3. Jordan, your first lock on the podcast, which is pretty spectacular. I don't know how you've managed to gone the, go this long without having a, a recorded lock, but Sterling Shepard, you said would go over 15 uh, standard points, but that didn't happen. He scored seven, which is about was, halfway there. He was close in PPR. <laughs> he, was, he was close in PPR. He was like 11 ish. Yeah, I guess. If, but you said you know you didn't say PPR. You said standards. So I, I should have been manipulating uh, the rules. Specified. All right. Oh uh, and one for you, myself. Rogers locked up Carlos Hyde, not scoring double digit fantasy points, nor a touchdown for the first time this season. And boy, did I nail it! Woo! Play some celebratory music because I got the first lock first time of the season. One and two, baby. Batting 500. Well, you could have could have made that lock about anybody in that game. Apparently, I could have. <laughs> That was a rough one. That was, well, I mean, that being said, both teams put up 40. So, wait, no. No, that was a garbage game. I'm thinking of that. That was 
I was thinking of the Browns versus the Raiders. Raiders, not yeah. The Browns versus the yeah the Ravens. Yes, that was Browns versus the Ravens was a field goal game. Um, and then let's move on to Clark's billion locks. Uh, we're just gonna fly right through these. Clark, feel free to defend yourself at any point. Derrick Henry going over 100 yards. That didn't happen. 0-1 there. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins would catch two touchdowns. Also didn't happen. So 0-2 there. Didn't get it. No. This one I thought you could have gotten, which was Ingram and Kamara both topping 100 scrimmage yards, but also didn't happen. Ingram had 73 and Kamara had a measly 39. So (sighs) 0-3 there. Um, But, Clark, never fear. Finally, we have Travis Kelsey, which you said would get at least – 100 yards against the Jaguars. And guess what? He got exactly 100 yards against the Jaguars. Oh. 100 on the nice. dot. That's a win for Clark. One and three. Uh, and if we add that to Clark's previous 0 and 4, Clark's sitting pretty with a 100 batting average. Well done, sir. Looking cute, feeling cute. That is that is some elite minor, minor, minor league stats right there. Yep. Just well really south cool. of the Mendoza line. <laughs> um. So now that we've talked about uh, how good Clark and I are at accurately making wild speculations, uh, let's shift our attention to week six uh, and what could be a rather lackluster weekend for football. Normally when I build our different categories, I try to evenly divide the games between the shit shows, the if I'm bored, the could be good games and the game of the weeks. But I had a hard time doing that this week. So everyone get ready for a bunch of shit shows. Yeah, this doesn't seem like a good weekend of football. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't feel too thrilled with a lot of these games. And a couple of games for the analysis is look for a different game. Yeah, good. <laughs> and that that hopefully hopefully That's those accurate. games hopefully I'm doing my job right and those games will fall comfortably in the shit shows. Otherwise, whew, I got to reevaluate my uh, my my power rankings. Um, so let's start the shit shows with the Seattle Seahawks going to Oakland to take on the Raiders. I have this team, and since Nick isn't here to uh, to hear what I'm about to say, I can say without upsetting his hashtag never Cooper campaign, but my start this week is Amari Cooper. In three out of their five games so far, the Seahawks have allowed five top 24 wide receivers uh, and are currently giving up the 11th most points to opposing wide receivers, plus... If we look at the Cooper coaster, it tells us he's in for a big game this week. Uh, as it seems, for whatever reason, John Gruden realizes he has Cooper on the team every second week. So in week one, five, he saw a total of nine targets, whereas week two and four, he saw 10 at least in each. So uh, time to hop back on the uh, Cooper coaster as it's going to go up the uh, up the ride. It's going to hit those chains and climb to the top, and he'll get you a good performance uh, against the Seahawks. And then my sit for this game, is Jared Cook, who also has been a roller coaster this season, posting 20 plus points in two games, uh, and then eight or fewer in the other three. And I know the tight end p- position is very barren this year. And if you have Cook, it would be kind of hard to maybe bench him. But if you can manage somehow to sneak another tight end in your starting lineup, uh, I would. Seahawks have only given up 19 receptions so far this season to tight ends, uh, which is third best in the league. So I don't really think that. Uh, Cook is going to be in line for a big performance this weekend. Yeah, I, you can virtually lock in that Cooper coaster. Um, he's due for a plus week. And I don't know if you guys saw this on the Twitter sphere, but I saw this where if you have Cooper and Isaiah Crowell, you can like perfectly stagnate their weeks because Isaiah Crowell is another guy who is alternating between like 
20 point weeks and single digit weeks right now. Yeah, I saw that. We tweeted it out from the RB1 podcast. So, okay, there it is. Always, yeah. always go Amari Cooper this week. And then next week is Isaiah Crowell. Exactly. That's this like is, a great flex option. Yeah, this is science that you can't argue against. Obviously, since this game is in the shit shows, there's not much more than needs to be said. So we'll move right along to Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. And we all know how we feel about the Tennessee Titans, don't we, Clark? Yeah, the Ravens have the best scoring defense in the NFL and Baltimore is third. So on top of this game, probably going to hurt your eyeballs to watch. There's probably not going to be a whole lot of fantasy production you should really try to find a way to not start anybody in this game. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to start Deion Lewis. I don't want to start John Brown, who's been playing well, I know. But you think we saw some stinkers last week that were 12 to 9. I think we're in for another contest like that with Baltimore and Tennessee. I, I do not have a start. I just have sits, and it's everyone. Or start the Baltimore defense. There you go. I play hey, by the There's list. a start. Yeah. Start start Baltimore's defense. Um. Yeah, there's a reason why I put this in the shit shows. I mean, the Titans, we talked about them at length on Tuesday's podcast about as a team, as a team in general that needs to show us something. But also, uh, Clark, you talked about Deion Lewis and I talked about Corey Davis. I mean, we've we've kiboshed them for a reason. The Ravens sometimes look great, but then we just talked about last week how against the Browns, they put up a stinker and it was a field goal battle that they ultimately lost, which is surprising since they have Justin Tucker. Um but I called it, so nailed it. Uh, so, yeah, I would not be surprised at all if this game is another kind of each team doesn't score 15 points and it's just whoever kicks the most field goals wins. Yeah, they're both just so, like, eh right now that I feel like at any one point, both teams are going to try to give this game away. So it's just I'm watching I mean, something else. Just pure <laughs> excellent football to watch. Uh, let's move on then to the Cardinals at Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Uh, and despite the fact that their backfield has been less than productive, my start is the Minnesota backfield. This is a big week for me personally. As I said on Tuesday's podcast, I'm very close to cutting Dalvin Cook if he doesn't show me something this week. So Dalvin Cook, show me something this week. But that seems to be hampered because he might not play, uh, which would push Judgment Day a week down the road. But regardless of who plays for the Vikings backfield, the whole backfield has fantasy value this week, uh, despite being a desolate wasteland to start the season. The Cardinals can't stop the stop running backs to save their lives, and they've allowed double-digit outings to eight different running backs through the first five games. Eight. That means multiple per game have scored double-digit fantasy points. Doing math right there. Um, so whether it's Cook or Latavius Murray, start your Vikings backs. And then for Sit, I'm saying Sit David Johnson for this. He's managed to regain some of his fantasy relevance in recent weeks, but he's yet to crest 100 yards on the ground or 50 yards through the air. And so, and a lot of his returning fantasy success has been touchdown reliant. He scored two last week and then one the week before. I don't like his matchup against the Vikings, who have yet to allow a touchdown on the ground this season. And so don't be surprised if DJ takes a step back to his earlier per- poor performances on Sunday. Yeah, I like to start sit. I am now interested in watching the Cardinals, though. With Josh Rosen starting, it's going to be fun to watch. But I agree. I don't I don't know if we're going to see fireworks out of the Cardinals this week. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be tuning in to see how him and Christian Kirk continue to develop. Because Kirk is someone that I definitely want to pull what Clark has been preaching with Naheem Hines, who is someone who you kind of stash now. And when they ultimately break out into the scene, you don't have to battle everyone on the waiver wire to get them. 
So I'll be interested to see how that chemistry uh, continues to develop. But I agree. This isn't going to be sudden, suddenly fireworks from the Cardinals offense, uh, despite the fact they're coming off of a win. I think the Vikings take this game pretty handedly. And that's just, you know, just going to be kind of what we all expect. Yeah, it makes me wonder why they didn't start Josh Rosen from week one. Uh, you, you're starting to see like spurts. By no means am I saying go grab Josh Rosen and stash him on your bench so he can start addition to you know Christian Kirk or David Johnson but at the same time those spurts could have started coming a lot more quickly and I think you would have seen more cohesion out of the offense that's what she said Uh, reacted at quick spurts quick spurts spurts. I have a thing y'all probably already know that's really surprising to me as I was doing my like you're doing a show you need five facts and then you can just wing the rest cool Adam Thielen is the number one wide receiver in fantasy football Adam Thielen is on pace to set records in targets and receptions this season. I think the soul of Jordy Nelson escaped and settled in Minnesota and is back on top. <laughs> it's just like it's like Jordy blended with Marvin Harrison have just become Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen, it is pretty amazing. And let's take a, a brief moment to talk about Adam Thielen because his story is pretty amazing. I saw Bleacher Report after last weekend tweet out basically like his uh, the steps that he's gone to get into the NFL. Like he was a uh, unrecruited wide receiver in college, was made his way onto U of M, I believe, and then was undrafted. Finally got onto the Vikings practice squad, and now is like one of the better receivers in the NFL. And again, I've said this so many times this year, but he is someone who I immensely underestimated this year and really regret not drafting because I had like so many opportunities to draft him in so many of my leagues and I ultimately just outthought myself. Yeah, I'm going to say... I'm going to say something nice about the Vikings right now. I don't think Jordy Nelson was even ever as good as Adam Thielen. Uh, Jordy Nelson, like at his best, was probably a top 12, maybe top 10 receiver. But Adam Thielen is like a top seven or six receiver in the league, at least. You Like you can have the debate. Obviously, you have like Antonio Brown and Odell and DeAndre Hopkins towards the top of the league. But you got to put A.J. Green and Adam Thielen and like – Julio in some sort of bunch as like this one B grouping. I think I am offended on behalf of Jordy Nelson. (laughs) I'm trying to be objective. Yeah. It's it's impressive that Clark has a stronger Jordy Nelson take than you can tell. Jordan is just completely tuned out from the Packers. He's moved on to the jets. Well, Jordy Nelson's not a Packer anymore. So he's off the list. He's out of the family. (laughs) No longer. Definitely not. Definitely not in on the Raiders, though. No, that's fair. Yeah. Well, no one can be. Let's be honest. We, we all have some sort of a self-respect. Uh, let's move on then, Jordan. Uh, the greatest show on surf taking on the Denver Broncos. You got to think, even with the possibility of Cooks and Cup out, uh, the Rams offense is still going to look pretty, pretty good against a Broncos defense that... Well, just got gashed by Isaiah Crowell last week. Yeah, in an effort to catch up on my career locks, I actually have two of them for this week. Oh, pulling the Clark Burns! I'm going to start out with Robert Woods. Robert Woods, again, has been, or not again, but he has been a surprise just like Adam Thielen. He's not the number one, but he's actually the number 10 uh, wide receiver in fantasy football right now. I know, even with Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup, uh, Robert Woods has been amazing and my first 
Loch Ness Monster is 20 points out of Robert Woods. Um, I think if even if Brandon Cook comes back, even if Cooper Cup comes back, I still think Brand, uh, Robert Woods is going to get his. Um, I have to mention he's 10th in uh, standard PPR, so I, I didn't check what the uh, regular standard Still, was. that's top 10. That's impressive. I didn't realize that yeah. he was doing that well. He's doing excellently. Yeah. Um, especially, again, I, I get uh, I daydream about Sean McVay and Aaron Rodgers in an offense like that, but whatever. Um, and the sit, my sit for the for this game, I don't care what he really did last week. I'm still sitting Demarius Thomas. Um, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes, and that nut I think came last week. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you saw you saw Clark like, oh, I'm going to do it again. Do I say it again? He was on mute, so I got in there quick. That's also what he said. Um, and the Rams are only allowing 43 and a half yards per game to wide receiver ones. So I, I think you start to see the Rams. I'm not sure if they're actually getting their corners back anytime soon, or I haven't really checked that. But even without them, they, they're still doing pretty well against uh, wide receiver ones. And with Case Keenum and Emmanuel Sanders is a better bet there. I, I'm fully aboard Robert Woods. I didn't think that he was doing as well as he is. And since he, since he is, you've given me the numbers to back up your claims, Jordan, and I'm fully aboard. Yeah, and with the exception of Brandon Cooks, you probably drafted these guys to be like flex options anyway. So right. you can slot yeah. them in easy. Totally. Cool beans. Let's move on. Still in the shit shows. Don't think that we've left the shit shows yet. There are so many to get through. Uh, we have the Chicago Bears coming off their bye week to take on the Dolphins um, in a game that I just, whew, man, Chicago's defense is just going to pillage this team. Uh, my start is Jordan Howard. This is a classic speak a good game into existence because he's on my fantasy team kind of pick. But I also think uh, that he is due for a big game. And don't worry about his usage last week. Matt Nagy came out after the game and said that uh, they used a lot of Cohen on purpose because it gave them a better advantage against the Bucks. So this week, it should be all Jordan Howard as the Dolphins have been just decimated on the ground, allowing the seventh most yards and fourth most touchdowns to opposing backs so far this season. In their last two games, the Finns have allowed 93 yards against the Bengals and 167 and two touchdowns against the Patriots. So Jordan Howard is going to um, And also, he's going to eat for my fantasy team, so. Yay, me. Uh, my sit is Kenyon Drake. Forget about the short-lived moment where you thought that maybe, just maybe, Drake had returned to fantasy relevance. That is not true. Uh, the Bears have the best run defense in the NFL right now. They've allowed 8.8 points to opposing running backs and haven't given up a rushing touchdown yet. I'm, I was going to say start none of your Dolphins, but I wanted to give you a specific name since that's kind of the point of this show. But don't start any, any of your Dolphins. This is just... Like Clark said about the what was it? What were you talking about? The 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 let me clear this Baltimore call. and Tennessee. Yeah, the Baltimore Tennessee game. Like this is just I don't I don't see a world where this uh Miami Dolphins offense survives this Bears defense. Bears are second in points allowed. That's surprising. I mean they were pretty good last year, but I think adding Khalil Mack was just absolutely huge for them and they don't have an offense that's holding on to the ball and playing keep away either so it's, it's really impressive what we're seeing out of the bears yeah it's all defensively yeah it's it's all khalil mack i mean 
the guy just makes a huge difference on any team. And any team would be lucky to have him in the in his prime. I mean, it's just I couldn't think of if I had a, a player like him in his prime, I couldn't imagine ever being like, oh, I'm going to get rid of this guy. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to keep him forever. Super work, John. I will say that I'm not going to really make an assessment on the Bears and what they truly are. I know they're three and one right now, but I kind of feel like they're uh, maybe like the Dolphins when the Dolphins started out three. And, they started three and one, right? They did something like that. And the, I'm not Dolphins. saying they're as bad as the Dolphins. They have more talent, but the the Bears, of course, they lost to Aaron Rodgers. But the next three games, they had the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Buccaneers, and it turns out. None of those teams are actually good. I'll talk about Tampa Bay's secondary when we get to that game, but they're Tampa Bay's currently starting Brent Grimes and two rookies at cornerback. And I mean, that was just a game where they imploded on the road in Chicago. So I'm not going to make a fair assessment of the Bears until they play probably New England in two weeks. That's fair. I, I, this offense, I'm still, I'll let the jury decide on the Bears offense. I'm 100% sold on the Bears defense. That it has looked legit from the get go. Um, so I, I am, and, and against an offense like Miami, where they have never looked like particularly, like basically they draw up like three or four downfield passes. And if they hit those, great. Kenny Stills gets, you know, 200 yards, three touchdowns, and they win the game. But if they don't hit those, their offense just completely falls in on itself. And I don't I don't think that Ryan Tannehill is going to even have the time to try to throw the ball downfield against the Bears. So Tannehill can't wait to throw two interceptions in this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And to wrap up the shit shows, uh, I hate to do this to Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers deserve to be here this week against the 49ers, who uh, lost to the winless Cardinals last week, lest we forget. Um, right? Don't they, Jordan? Don't the Packers deserve to be in the shit shows right now? Um, they do, only because I don't know what sort of fantasy relevance the Niners have. Oh, saucy. I was trying to make a dig at the Packers, and Jordan, coming to defense of his team, there's still some fandom left in there. It hasn't completely been squashed. Well, I do think... Um... Aaron Rodgers is just getting more and more healthy. That kind of boosts the uh, the need. I'm not going to go on another Aaron Jones rant, but it boosts the need to just have your best uh, skill player running back in the game because you don't need the the sacred pass blocking running back as much anymore. The more Aaron Rodgers gets healthy, but my start uh, is going to be Devonte Adams. And yeah, no kidding. This is a duh start, but this is just another Gilderoy lock heart uh, Adams for 20 fantasy points as well. Um, I say this because Devonte Adams is just another great wide receiver and he just torched Darius Slay last week. Who's one of the better corners in the league, but he did that uh, coming off of a bum calf injury that they weren't even entirely certain he was even going to play against Detroit. Um, and San Francisco's pass defense DVOA is 23rd. Um, not doing too great right now. My sit is uh, CG, CJ Bethard. Um, I kind of like him with Kyle Shanahan um, calling the shots as a streaming option, but definitely not this week. Um, Green Bay ranks second in passing yards allowed, which is still kind of confounding to me. I'm not sure where this is coming from. Um, Detroit didn't even gain that many yards from scrimmage last week. Um, and 
so far. Oh, no, last week against the Cardinals, Beathard was sacked four times, had two interceptions and two fumbles against the Cardinals, like the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm I'm still having C.J. Beathard on like a watch list just in case I need a streaming option down the road because Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan, but not not today. Yeah, and another duh start from my end is George Kittle is still – one of the top tight ends, even with Garoppolo gone. So, yeah, George Kittle has been balling this this year. Well done, yeah, anyone they, who snagged him in drafts. They've been doing some funky things with Kittle and Kyle Usechek of all people, which is. Just I just perfect. wanted to point. Out, I just, <laughs> I just like Jordan, like getting in his Packers don't need a pass blocking running back little plug while Nick isn't on the podcast since that's like Nick's go-to comment about why Aaron Jones will never take the field. It's because he can't pass block, but now he's not here. Jordan's like, F- you, he's gonna, he doesn't matter if he can't pass block. You know what? He's a fine pass blocker. He's not as like big and stout as Jamal Williams, but I mean, that's also what makes Williams a three yard per carry runner as well because he is like a brick wall <laughs> I, I saw some tweet that was saying that that uh aaron jones's pass blocking grade has has steadily increased since he's been starting so hey. yeah i think i saw something where it was like a hundred yeah I, that's what i saw we saw the same thing we share twitter feeds oh gosh um all right well so that's the last of the shit shows we finally have made it on to the if i'm bored category um and I get to take a rest here because I realized I picked only shit shows and game of the weeks to talk about. So the uh, next two categories are all on you guys to talk about. So that's great. I get a little a little respite. Uh, and we'll start off the if I'm bored categories with Jordan's true team. Uh, we have the Colts heading to New York to take on the uh, Jets and try to save New York from itself after the Yankees got rocked by the Sox in the ALCS. It. Um, Jordan, who are you starting? Who are you sitting in this game? Um, oh, is this, I don't know. Did you guys not switch? Okay, so this is Clark. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you prepare for this. Don't. No. Because I saw Clark. Um, no. I saw, I, I yeah. Dude, I who, didn't think we actually switched. Who wants it? Hang on. I, the just you, play? you said the game. Oh, wait. The Jets and the Colts? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you said uh, I really wasn't paying attention. I kind of checked out there. Uh, <laughs> I got this one. Okay. Clark, who you got? Leave that in. Don't cut yeah. it. Right. <laughs> and so both of these teams have kind of a sneaky defense. They're a little bit better than average against the pass and a little worse than average against the run. Uh, so I think the starts are pretty easy here for New York. You start in Nunwa. And despite the roller coaster that we've seen so far, I think Crowell is a start this week against the Colts. Uh, for the Colts, you definitely start Luck uh, and Naheem Hines, and that's about it. Uh, the sit is any other Indianapolis running back not named Naheem Hines. And my I'm out of puns lock of the week is Naheem Hines gets 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. I'm ready to eat a lot of crow on my Jordan Wilkins call. I thought he'd be better, but I also think that the Colts offensive line is just not very good. either. Oh, I don't, we won't know until he plays behind something other than a sieve for an offensive line. That's why Naheem Hines has worked out. Not because like I spotted the talent, but they have to throw to the running back a dozen times a game. And right. he's just the back that mm-hmm. does that. Quentin Nelson is so good though. 
Quentin Nelson, there are some highlights that come up of him just like pillaging humans, just picking them up and moving 300-pound defensive linemen. You're like, holy crap, this kid is ridiculous. I mean, there was really nobody else to watch when they played the Patriots, so I was keeping an eye on Quentin Nelson, and he was virtually unbeatable. This is this is a storyline that I feel like hasn't reared its head since uh, since the draft is Jordan's obsession with offensive linemen. So I'm glad that I'm glad this has popped up six weeks into the podcast into the season. You know what? If I have a bad fantasy week, that's what I'm looking at. Not just, these skill guys. <laughs> just watching the big men in the trenches. Um, I am. I would love for Naheem Hines to have a big game this week. He's on one of my fantasy teams, and I've been contemplating starting him. I didn't start him last week because he was playing the Patriots, and I said that you should sit him. Um, so I would be totally down if, if Clark, if you started to get on a hot streak with your locks, even though you're all out of lock puns. I found, oh, all right. I don't want to tip my hand. I will say that the lock pun that I came up with for my lock of the week, I thought of before I saw this. But there is a website that is just like you type in a word, and it gives you a whole bunch of puns for that word. That's I didn't. I didn't you use it. Be a sh- okay. I didn't use it. That's I found it after the fact because I was like, "Ooh, I'm starting to run low." Really, all it was was just like any word that rhymes with lock. They just replaced it. It was like lock and roll, or for those about to lock, we salute you. That that's a that's a PEP performance enhancing pun. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in the world right now, Pete. <laughs> I'm, I hope I'm, that we keep it clean on this podcast. Oh yeah, no, don't worry, don't worry. I, my my puns are clean. All right, you can. I, I'm not. I'm not Julian Edelman. <laughs> Self burn. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on from this game. Uh, Clark, let's go back to back, baby. Talk to me about the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, this is another. I would like to sit everyone but i you can't get away from ezekiel elliott you just can't you know he's gonna get 30 touches and so you're hoping for like 50 yards and a score and i'll take tj yeldon because the dallas defense has been surprisingly good this year uh you're sitting everybody else you don't you're not gonna start cole beasley or dak prescott um you can't rely on blake bortles Right? Like, you just can't. So if you want to guess which wide receiver is going to accidentally get 150 yards and a touchdown, it's going to happen to somebody, but nobody knows who it's going to be. Uh, I will say, because someone asked me this, they were debating between picking up D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief, and, um, uh, God damn it, Who's uh, who's the slot guy for Tampa Bay? Chris Godwin. I wanted to say Chris Godwin, but Chris Godwin's kind of cooled down. He's been pretty touchdown reliant, and we don't necessarily know how he's going to jive with Jameis Winston taking back over. Dante Moncrief has averaged seven and a half targets so far this season. So he's, I don't feel like awful if you're in a deep league and that's who you got to kind of toss in your flex, hoping for something because Dallas hasn't been that great against the pass. Uh, But I totally agree with you, Clark. I mean, you're relying on Blake Bortles and. Blake Bortles shifts from being a very good fantasy quarterback to throwing the ball off of his offensive lineman's helmet and it gets intercepted in the red zone. So this is definitely going to be uh, voices get louder for Jason Garrett to be fired type of game. If, if the Cowboys receivers couldn't get open last week, they're going to have the worst time doing that this week. And this is like a borderline shit show game. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to tune into it because I think it's just 
gonna be no. really bad quarterback play. I'm not yeah. gonna watch it. You gotta listen to. I guess Joe Buck's doing baseball. But you still gotta listen to Troy Aikman. Oh. Like, I listen to him every freaking week in Texas. He's like, everybody likes the Cowboys. Let's put them on TV. Everyone does not like the Cowboys. Fox. Let the record show. Yeah, but they're not going to fire Jason Garrett. He's the he's the white Marvin Lewis. He's here. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. And this is not a new or original idea that I can come up with. Jason Garrett must have something on Jerry Jones. Like there just must be something that he knows that Jerry Jones doesn't want released to the public because that guy is the most vanilla coach in the NFL, and yet somehow just keeps. Yeah, he's the white Marvin Marvin Lewis. I think it's throwing good money after bad because I think a couple of years ago, uh, Jerry Jones came out and said, well, we don't want to fire him now because all the work that we put into him, then someone else is going to get it. Like that's not even a backhanded compliment. That's really just a backhand. Like, just a backhand across the face. We don't want you, but we've invested so much in you. We're not going to let you go. It's like, ooh, not great. And that was not like great. two years ago. So yeah, if jerry jones is listening i'm only kidding but if he's not he's he made his money as like an oil baron he's definitely got some he's definitely got some skeletons in the closet yeah he's got some things and jason garrett could be one of those guys who knows about those things i like how you add this disclaimer though that if he's listening all of the what you just said is is a complete lie and fabricated exactly (laughs) i feel like jerry jones is the NFL owner most likely to come onto our podcast. So Jerry, if you'd like to come on and defend yourself against the slanderous things that Jordan's saying about you, we would love to have you. Love to have you. Love, love to have you. Uh, moving on in the, if I'm bored, I'll watch this game category. We have the Eagles versus the Giants. And this game should be higher, I feel like, because it's a great battle for the NFC East. But both the Eagles and Giants still aren't really sure who they are. Um, but nonetheless, this should lend itself to many touchdowns, though. Right, Jordan? It could either be really bad or really good. I, we'll see tomorrow night. But um, my start, again, I am riding the Sterling Shepard train. Um, until Evan Ingram gets back, I think that should kind of go without saying. Um, he does have three straight weeks of double-digit points now. Uh, Philly is 31st against wide receivers, twos, and they're – Secondary, even Jalen Mills is just not playing very well. Watched. Um, yeah, they're they're doing pretty rough. So you could probably expect a decent game out of Odell again too. Um, but on the other side, I'm sitting Nelson Aguilar. Um, the Giant secondary still has a lot to be desired, but Aguilar has been kind of subpar this season. I, mean, I know we talked about him a little bit already, but um, he only has one touchdown on the year. Um, and he received his lowest amount of targets um, against the Vikings last week after a five catch, 12 target performance against the Titans. So I think it was either a transition of Carson Wentz coming back or just a lack of trust that just ended up falling off a cliff for him to receive his lowest amount of targets on the year last week. Um, so that sort of thing could still even continue, uh, especially with um Alshon Jeffrey working his way back in. Zach Ertz has been quietly like the best tight end in football, um, especially for fantasy purposes. And they could be trying to figure out some other things without JHI there too. Yeah. 
Yeah, the only thing holding this game back is the Giants. I think the Eagles have had very interesting matchups with Carson Wentz back, and I've had a lot of fun watching Carson Wentz come back. They're, you know, you are your record, but I think they're better than their record. I think they're the best team in this division, uh, and the Giants. If you were curious if Eli was done last year, you are certain now that he is just he's not what he used to be and it's dragging the whole team down. How many years are the giants going to flounder in purgatory slash nothingness slash obscurity uh, because they didn't take a quarterback number two overall. I don't know. They might be picking up against their next year. So true. I mean, but I, I just, this is the only good thing that is happening so far with the Giants' season is that this is putting to bed all of those idiots who are like, Eli Manning is a future Hall of Famer. He's a surefire to get that gold coat. He's a garbage quarterback who lucked into two Super Bowls. Oh, Eli Manning's definitely going to go into the Hall of Fame. That's a good old boys club if there ever was one. He's getting in. I'm not saying, I'm not commenting on whether he should or not. I know, I know. It's going to be really upsetting when he does, though. It's going to, ugh, ugh. He should not be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, hey, he had a few good years. Right, but a few good years don't get you into the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame is for, like, the best of the best. You have to be the best. You have to be a top five player at your position for most of your career to be a Hall of Famer. You can't throw more interceptions and touchdowns for, like, 50% of the seasons that you play. To be fair, being a top five QB in the years that Eli Manning has played football is super difficult. Right. So that he's not a Hall of Famer. You can't you can't be an average quarterback when you are playing the league, playing in your time in the league, regardless of the competition, and still be and considered a Hall of Famer. You can't Jordan, you can't argue with the irrational Patriots fan. Just you can't do it. I don't feel like I'm even being irrational here. This is very clear. You can't be a Average player at your position while you're playing the game and be a Hall of Famer. That's preposterous. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous idea. Even if he was in a different decade, you would still be average. I feel like we're I doing pretty good. Bias has got you there, Pete. Uh, he's been bad for like three years now. I don't, nobody's really noticed it. But other than that, he's been pretty decent. Even with what Victor Cruz, Plaxico Burris being his best wideouts over that period until he got Odell. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of us. It's been two years, and this is the first time we've mentioned uh, whether or not Eli Manning should get into the Hall of Fame. That puts us light years ahead of almost every other sports show ever. So, good work, everybody. He's doing some research right now. I can see his I am. (laughs) (laughs) Eli is garbage. He is not thrown thrown for over – let me look at this. He's thrown 30 30 touchdowns three times in his career, 31, 30, 35. He's also thrown – 20 plus interceptions three times in his career he's never thrown single digit interceptions in his career except for his rookie year where he threw nine get out of here with that eli crap garbage garbage let's move on finally in the if if you're bored to the buffalo and houston uh buffalo bills take on the houston texas and clark notice how i put this at the end of the if i'm bored game meaning that it's the best of these games the texans are rising in the power ranking yeah, I don't know. Uh, Bill O'Brien's doing his best to get Deshaun Watson killed. The offensive line is still terrible. The play calling is not creative. And Buffalo's defense has been really hot and cold, so you kind of wonder which team is going to show up this week. Uh, I think you sit 
you know, it's going to be Alfred Blue or a banged up Lamar Miller. You're sitting any of the Texans running backs. Uh, and I think that you sit LaShawn McCoy. The Houston's defense has the, – the Texas defense has been very good this year against the run. Uh, start Hopkins and Watkins. I think Kiki Cuny is going to have another good game because he kind of is the running game for the Texans. But I think you were generous to put this game in this category and not the first one. I I think the reason why I did was one because Houston's starting to wake up, right? Their offense is starting to become a little more exciting, particularly the passing attack. Really, only the passing attack. Let's be honest. And Deshaun Watson, I think, is starting to get a little more confident in himself. Uh, and the Bills, you never know what you're getting with the Bills. Sometimes you're getting a team that beats the Minnesota Vikings and just completely dismantles the Tennessee Titans on defense, which I don't know. I guess isn't really that big of a step, but you know, still something. Or you just get the teams that just so everyone walks over. I I don't know what to think of the Bills. And so if you get like a, a competitive Bills that cares, plus Josh Allen is starting to be a little exciting to watch. I feel like it could be a decent game that if I'm like, yeah, I got nothing going on, I'll tune in and watch it. Yeah, I think if the Texans have been gaining confidence and self-esteem on offense, then playing the Bills has just got to be the team that can help them put right. their confidence over the top. Like you just, you just got to go in and take care of business really. Um, okay. <laughs> I also, I also just need to like whew, calm down after my Eli <laughs> defense. I was, I was like, even just like talking about why I put them here. I was like, Oh Pete, you are, you are unnecessarily defensive about this. I can't wait to do all of the giants games for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be my anti-Jaguars. It's just going to be like, start Eli. Pete, what do you think? <laughs> oh, God damn it. Uh, all right, let's move on to these will be good games. And we'll start off with the Carolina Panthers taking on the team from Washington. Jordan, uh, who are you starting? Who are you sitting from them? Uh, my sneaky start, in case you were fortunate enough to get this guy who wasn't locked up by an IR spot, is Greg Olson, who is projected to be back against the Washington professional football team. Um, I think his veteran status will allow him to kind of just get back into the rhythm of things and start rolling. Um, I think you could kind of... Kind of tell that Cam Newton's been missing a pretty reliable target. Devin Funches hasn't been as good as he was last year, and uh, DJ Moore is still a rookie. Um, and again, it's just kind of that attrition at tight end that plays a big factor here, where if you are like me and in one league, your best option after OJ Howard got injured was to play CJ Ozuma of the Cincinnati Bengals, then you're perfectly fine rolling the dice with. Uh, Greg Olson because Greg Olson can probably get five points with his eyes closed. Um, uh, Washington is pretty middle of the pack against tight ends, um, but I feel like they haven't played as good of a tight end as uh, Greg Olson so far. They played games against uh, Eric Ebron, Jimmy Graham, Ricky Seals Jones, and Benjamin Watson. Um, so about half of those are probably close to Jimmy uh, or Jimmy. Greg Olson's level, not quite there, but, um, and for the sit option, it kind of sucks because I was ride or die with him last year, but it's gotta be Alex Smith. Um, his most viable pass catcher is Jordan Reed. Um, injuries are just 
piling up on Paul Richardson and Jameson Crowder. And he's currently the 24th ranked QB in fantasy, only averaging 15 points per game. Uh, that's just, it's not a very good pass catching situation in Washington right now. So I think you gotta maybe look the other way. Yeah. Washington is leading their division at two and two with 83 points scored and 87 points scored against them. Yikes. Yeah. NFC East. NFC East there. Not, not looking good. Dallas is second at two and three with 83 points for 96 against. Good Lord. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Meanwhile, Chris Thompson, though, still a must-start week-to-week. Oh, yeah. 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 He's I, legit. Until uh, he gets broken in half, you're going to want to play him. Which is inevitable. It's coming, like a freight train. I'm glad Greg Olson is back. Adds a little uh, a little excitement to uh, an otherwise pretty pedestrian tight end position. I hope he's back, back. I know if uh, Ginger Nick were on the pod, he would have definitely some words about foot injuries, which, frankly, they – they scare me too. I mean, it used to be uh, knee injuries, but now I feel like foot and ankle injuries for yeah. football players are just super tough to come back from. So hopefully it wasn't as big of a deal as it was last year. Breaking news. The feet are pretty important in a sport where you run. Who it's literally called football. Mm. Or putting, putting two and two together. The puzzle pieces align. Uh, another game in the, uh, that could be a good game category. The Los Angeles Chargers take on the Cleveland Browns. And Clark, I'm sure you've got exciting starts and sits for us. But I'm just excited to see how this game will end because neither of these teams know how to close a game. And I'm just certain there's going to be some crazy shit that's going to happen in the final two minutes. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to watch this game either because it's kind of a joke that the Chargers always find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. But they're playing the team who's really been giving them a run for the money Right for the past couple of years it's in Cleveland, uh, with Baker Mayfield, I'm actually enjoying watching the Browns games. Like I'm not saying he's great, but he's interesting and he's certainly pretty good. No offense to Terod Taylor, but we've seen that show before. He's probably the 20th best quarterback in the league, so he should be starting somewhere. But I want to watch Baker Mayfield play. Uh, Keenan Allen's been killing it doing his best Julio Jones impersonation, getting all of these yards and none of the touchdowns. Uh, so that's just been killing me as a big Keenan Allen fan, but we're going to pretty, we're going to start a lot of people in this game. So I think you start Eckler. I think there's going to be enough in the rushing and passing a game for the running backs for him and Gordon to start. You're going with Keenan Allen and, and Phillip rivers uh, for the Browns. David and Joku playing with Baker Mayfield is turning out to be fine in a league that doesn't have a lot of good options at tight end. He's an athletic freak and Baker Mayfield's finding a way to get him in the ball. And I think you go with Hyde as well. The Chargers defense is pretty good, but they're vulnerable to the run. Even though Nick Chubb is making some headlines, I I'm still comfortable starting Hyde. The sit's kind of uninspiring. It's Mike Williams. I know people got excited because he put up a couple of touchdowns, but he's kind of fizzled out since then. And, I try not to just hope someone gets me 30 yards and a touchdown. I'd rather have, you know, more of a Jarvis Landry-like performance of I'll comfortably take 70 yards every game instead of just wishing and praying and hoping for the TD. I have a uh, beer bet that's currently going where Keenan Allen is holding up his end of the bargain where he won't score five-plus touchdowns, which so far we're so far calling that. But I also need Mike Williams to score me double-digit touchdowns in order for this beer bet to come to fruition. So... 
Mike Williams, come on. You show me flashes there where you had two touchdowns in a single game, and now we need to like uh, you know, exactly four more of those games. Yeah, I like the shouts to um, Austin Eckler, who's like quietly averaging about 13 points per game. He's a super good flex option. And um, David Njoku, ever since I have him on a bench in one league, and he's not going to get the start, but I really am just hanging on to him because ever since Baker took over, his usage has gone up. And I feel like he's super close to starting to really break out and do some cool things for Cleveland. This will be a fun game to watch. I like both of these teams. Yeah, this will be. Uh, another another Twitter reference. Jordan, tell me if you saw this as well. Uh, I believe Heath Cummings of CBS Fantasy was tweeting out basically a comparison of Austin Eckler's stat line to per per reception or per touch compared to Alvin Kamara's stat line per touch. And they're basically identical. Um, obviously Kamara gets a lot more touches on a per game basis, but Austin Eckler is an excellent and has been all season an excellent flex option. Not no, last actually. week when I lost to the person who started <laughs> Mason Crosby by a point and a half. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. Uh, I mean, it's fine, but no, actually I haven't seen that. And Austin Eckler is not like, uh, when you think pass catching back, you think of like these small little scat backs, right. but he's really, I mean, he's, 510 200 pounds he's just a back that would be probably starting anywhere else if melvin gordon were in front of him and they're smart enough to use both of them very effectively there that duo is on on the way to uh surpassing the ingram kamara duo last year in terms of uh, offensive production so another thing to keep eyes out on for uh finally in the there'll be good games we have the tampa bay buccaneers taking on the atlanta falcons jordan you hinted earlier way earlier in the show that you had a lot to talk about about this buccaneers team do share um yeah i have plenty to share about both of these teams because this is only going to be a good game for fantasy football purposes both these teams rank 31st and 32nd in defensive dvoa so it's just going to be a matter of who outscores who in this game there's just i have a feeling things are going to be flying all over the field um my start for this week um, OJ Howard's getting close to coming back, but I'm still looking at Cameron Brait. Or he's pretty touchdown dependent, but so far Jameis loves him even last year. Um, Brait, since um, over the past two weeks, has two touchdowns. Uh, OJ Howard has been upgraded to questionable, um, but again, tight end attrition. Uh, and last season, so here's my fun stat. Last season, Brait had six red zone touchdowns, and all of those were on passes his on passes thrown 11 to 20 yards. Um, so there's a pretty decent seven to eight point scoring opportunity there just in one play and about eight to nine in PPR. So he's not getting those dump it off across the middle on the three yard line touchdowns. He's as soon as they get into the red zone, Jameis is already starting to target this guy. Um, and like I said before, Start anybody against Tampa's pass defense. I don't care if it's Julio, if it's Mohamed Sanu, if it's Calvin Ridley. Um, Tampa's bottom-ranked pass defense is starting Brent Grimes and two rookies. So you might see Brent Grimes shadowing Julio Jones all week, but that will not stop Julio Jones from getting his. And the other two rookies are, or the other two receivers are just going to feast. Um, the sit options. I feel like these are the only two players in these, this game that aren't going to get fantasy points. Uh, and that's Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. The only rushing touchdown for Tampa this year has come from Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
which is pretty alarming considering um, Peyton Barber has usually been pretty decent in a fill-in role. Um, Ronald Jones is coming, finally getting back into the NFL season after starting off injured. But um, as a team, Tampa is only averaging 3.1 yards per carry, and they only have one 20-plus yard rush. So I'm not looking at any of those guys. So I traded Ronald Jones for Josh Gordon, and I'm just trying to get through this week because I think it's the only week that anyone in Tampa Bay's backfield is going to do well because of Atlanta. But I'm curious if they'll do well for Tampa Bay, which would be like 50 rushing yards, or if they'll really go. But I'm with you. Like, I don't think either one of these guys is really anyone, talented. I don't yeah. think anyone is. I think it's, I think this game is just going to be which quarterback throws it the most. Yeah, I think the defenses are probably just so bad. The game script is going to force a lot of passes from both teams. Yeah, and even when teams have been not great, these NFC South matchups have been some real crackerjack games. Yeah. They're just really fun to watch. For whatever reason, man, the NFC South just goes ham at each other. And it's not like in the NFC – like the AFC North, when they play each other, it's just like this grueling bloodbath of just like who can hurt more people on the opposing team. When the NFC South plays, it is like let's all score 50 points each and just make it a barn burner from the word go. So I could easily see this game become just Matt Ryan versus James Winston, who throws 500 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. Plus, it's going to be in Atlanta's dome, so things oh are going to be fast. Um, so there you go. Finally, it's time for just me, as I've got the games of the week. Uh, and I've only got two, because like I said, this week is lame when it comes to football matchups. But we'll start with just the division I was talking about, the AFC North, the Steelers at Cincinnati. Uh, and my start here is Jordan's main man, the Red Rifle. Shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, as it's well-documented how bad the Steelers' defense is. They've given up the second-most fantasy points, second-most yards, and most passing touchdowns to quarterbacks. Um, so Red Rifle about to eat. Uh, if you've got Dalton, start him with confidence. However, it may surprise you to hear me say, fade A.J. Green in this game. I'm not saying sit him, because this is an A.J. Green fan club, and we never say sit A.J. Green. But don't be surprised if he's held to like wide receiver two numbers uh, in this game. The reason behind this, A.J. Green in the past has torched the Steelers, but uh, they now have Joe Hayden. And Joe Hayden has had Green's number uh, throughout his career. They faced each other in eight games, and six of those games, Hayden has held Green to 51 or fewer yards. Um, and I would expect Hayden to just follow Green all over the field. So it'll be an interesting battle to keep eyes on. I know I'm still going to start him, but fade him in DFS. And, and you know, if you have, if you're one of these people who's just freaking loaded at receiver, who I've seen some people who are just freaking loaded at receiver, maybe you contemplate uh, not starting AJ Green. Yeah, I like, um, of course, I like the Andy Dalton play. Um, I'm getting a little worried because it seems like he's got some up and down uh, Amari Cooper roller coaster in him at this point in the season. But um, I think part of that is just finally getting Joe Mixon back. And um, I think it'll be a little bit more cleaner, especially over the next three weeks when he has to play Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay. Just three defenses that are going to be pretty helpful. Yeah, and kind of the opposite of the NFC South that we just talked about, the AFC North. Sometimes these games turn into real slugfests, yeah. even when both offenses are cooking. Uh, and they're always great games. Like, even when the Browns played someone in their division, it was generally a pretty good game. So another great one to watch. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Um, and now we move on to our final game this week. 
Uh, and it is the game of the week. The 5-0 Chiefs led by the man of many nicknames, MVP Pat, Mahomie, and the one I just discovered thanks to a dope Pat Mahomes theme rap song, which we are most certainly going to listen to right now. Big Daddy Patty. Oh, yeah. You just throw that left hand ah. So sports themed songs are never good. I don't, I don't know if I'm in on Big Daddy Patty. That sounds gross. Get on board. Anyway, thanks. Uh, that was okay. That was well worth it. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, anyway, so five and zero Chiefs taking on the long-standing champions of the AFC, my New England Patriots, in a battle for supremacy of the uh, conference. My start for this game: the tight ends, Gronk, and that other guy that people think is just as good as Gronk, but really he's not. Neither of these teams can cover the tight ends this season. The Chiefs have given up the most yards and the third most fantasy points to tight ends, while the Patriots have given up the most touchdowns and the sixth most points to the position. Remember when Eric Ebron torched them all over the field Thursday night? I do. Uh, Kelsey has been a stud since week one, but Gronk has been kind of hit or miss this year, and really not the fantasy Gronk that we all know and love. Well, that all changes this week, and I am so certain that it's going to change that I am making my mud on your face, big disgrace, kicking your can all over the place. We will lock you. Lock of the week. Gronk and Kelsey both get you at least 14 points instead of scoring. A double lock for you. Woo! I feel like you got that off the website, Pete. I didn't. I promise I didn't. I promise All right. I didn't. Okay. I, promise. I, promise. I believe you. Yeah, I think if, um, well, having Julian Edelman back, we already saw how well he is just going to be right away hitting the ground running. And if Josh Gordon is for real, it'll definitely be a lot more difficult for teams to just blanket Gronk with two yeah, to three defenders. Um, I know it's, it's a look like Gronk has slowed down a little bit, but really it's who else are you scheming against on the Patriots in the passing game up until now, basically? Until Josh Gordon became – up until Clark made the greatest trade in fantasy football history. So I know it's a bit of narrative street because each year is a new year, but the Pats for several years now have looked like maybe we'd reached the end of their reign and then just started turning it up, and they really look like they're turning it up. Don't don't make any judgments about the Patriots in September. Just no. don't do it. It's they use it as a easy to fall into that trap. Just don't. Um, and then my sit for this game is Kareem Hunt. The Patriots have been solid against running back so far this year, and they've given up their average in yardage, but they've only allowed one touchdown on the ground and one through the air to opposing backs. And Hunt is still figuring out his role. I know he had a big game that one Monday night a uh, week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, but his role is still kind of not as solid as it was last year. He was averaging 23 touches per game through week five last year, and now he's only averaging just over 19. So despite the fact that the Chiefs have more off, are playing more offensive snaps. So he crushed the Patriots last year in the first game of the season, and I could see the Patriots focusing on him and really shutting him down and forcing Pat Mahomes to decipher their defense and beat him with his arm, which – might work out. It could also completely backfire, and Big Daddy Patty will claim his next victim. Big Daddy Patty. ESPN does say that Kareem Hunt, though, has been averaging five more touches per game over the past two weeks. So maybe he's maybe he is coming back. I think he falls into a similar AJ Green start uh, sit slash fade. I think Kareem Hunt has fallen into an also kind of show me category uh, for me personally because I have him on my fantasy league, and I agree. The last two weeks he's been a lot better, but. 
We saw this uh, also last season where he started off freaking amazing, was taking the league over by storm, and then had a lull where he just kind of did nothing uh, for a solid three to four weeks. Uh, but maybe that, maybe another kind of lull is coming. We'll see. Clark is still yeah, just I, pondering the big daddy patty nickname. He can't get over it. I think in non PPR formats, you're kind of like, come on, Green, let's do some some more damage. Yeah, he's been fine, but. I yeah. totally yeah. In PPR, he's I think he's been a, a consistent start. In standard leagues, he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns. He hasn't posted anything in the, like a, a awe-inspiring game outside of his one Monday night game. So he, there's a little bit to be desired there. there it's go. like it's like me with Odell up until last week. Like you want those guys to just be lighting it up week in and week out and finding the end zone. Sure, they've been fine, but out of a top first round second round pick you definitely want them to exactly. be carrying your team uh before we go let's call this game because i think it's gonna be the best game of the week uh give me your score clark oh i i you forgot who i picked for picks uh <laughs> so off the cuff i'm gonna say new england like 42 to kansas city 40 i'm gonna say i'm gonna obviously have the patriots win this i'm gonna say patriots win 35 kansas city 28 uh, I think I think the, we saw Kansas City. You can how you can kind of temper that deep that offense a little bit, um, and I think the Patriots will try to replicate some of that. And I could see Belichick coming out with some maybe like more unique or uh, or interesting blitzes to try to confuse Pat Mahomes and make him decipher things at the line of scrimmage. And then I think the Patriots' offense, Clark, you alluded to this. Uh, they are starting to jive. They are starting to click, and this Chiefs' defense is going to stop anything. So. Does anybody want to guess the spread? Thanks to our friends at MyBookie. Uh, is are the Patriots favored uh, minus three? Let's say Pats plus two, right? Giving up two points. Oh yeah, sure. Or is or it plus two? I don't, I don't know how betting works. Oh uh, uh, well, <laughs> Pete's right. It's it's right there and close to the Vegas zone. Minus three and a half for the Pats favored. Um, I think they got it right, though, with the over-under score, which is 59 and a half. I think the final will be like 30 to 27. I think the Chiefs win. Ooh, it's awesome. It's okay. I understand. I honestly could see this game going either way. I think the Patriots pull it out, but I could see I could see the Chiefs staying in. So what do you think the Pats do? You think they just drop way, way back and don't give up the big one and Andy Reid just kills them with Tyreek Hill running slants all day? I think the Patriots I can't wait to see it. I think that's what I think the Patriots are going to do basically like a cover four and just let everything be in front of them and just be like, all right, Pat Mahomes, you're just gonna make fifty perfect throws to pinpoint us uh, pinpoint yourself down the field instead of just bombing it the occasional big play. And we'll see if uh, old Daddy Patty can do it. Let's go, Travis Kelsey. I say Travis Kelsey going to get you 14 points. Heard it here first. Uh, all right, so there you go. Some week six starts and sits for all of you to enjoy and implement in your lineups and win with. So you're welcome. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher. Leave a review. Give us five stars because we have helped you win multiple fantasy games. Uh, or if we haven't, you know, leave a kind review about why we haven't. What, what, what were we wrong uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. We will be back at you next week to recap all the craziness. Uh, but until then, have a good weekend. Good luck with your fantasy matchups. And uh, peace.